Today we begin a series that we're going to continue through the Gospel of Matthew, the lectionary text for the months of June and July. Um, This series is called Jesus Says, and each week we'll focus on something that Jesus says in one of the texts, a very unique sermon series that I have developed here. Uh, But Jesus says today, the kingdom of heaven has come near. I invite you to hear these words of beginning at the end of the ninth chapter of Matthew, continuing into the tenth chapter. Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. He called his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to throw them out and to heal every disease and every sickness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Canaanian and Judas, who betrayed Jesus. Jesus sent these twelve out and commanded them, Don't go among the Gentiles or into a Samaritan city. Go instead to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. As you go, make this announcement. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with skin diseases, and throw out demons. You received without having to pay. Therefore, give without demanding payment. Workers deserve to be fed, so don't gather gold or silver or copper coins for your money belts to take on your trips. Don't take a backpack for the road or two shirts or sandals or a walking stick. Whatever city or village you go into, find somebody in it who is worthy and stay there until you go on your way. When you go into a house, say, peace. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if the house isn't worthy, take back your blessing. If anyone refuses to welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet as you leave that house or city. I assure you that it will be more more bearable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on Judgment Day than it will be for that city. Look, I'm sending you as sheep among wolves. Therefore, be wise as snakes and innocent as doves. Watch out for people, because they will hand you over to councils and they will beat you in their synagogues. They will haul you in front of governors and even kings because of me, so that you may give your testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Whenever they hand you over, don't worry about how to speak or what you will say, because what you can say will be given to you at that moment. You aren't doing the talking, but the Spirit of my Father is doing the talking through you. Brothers and sisters will hand each other over to be executed. A father will turn his child in. Children will defy their parents and have them executed. Everyone will hate you on account of my name. But whoever stands firm until the end will be saved. Whenever they harass you in one city, escape to the next. Because I assure you that you will not go through all the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven 
has come near. This is one of the most common refrains that Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew. In many ways, this is his stump speech, the platform of Jesus. When John the Baptist is preparing the way before Jesus begins his ministry, he announces that the kingdom of heaven is near. In Matthew's gospel, there are 32 distinct references to the kingdom of heaven. Over the next many weeks, as we look at what Jesus says in these subsequent chapters in Matthew's gospel, we are going to hear a lot about what the kingdom of heaven is like. When we talk about the kingdom of heaven, we are not talking about a place of afterlife with God. The kingdom of heaven is not the opposite of hell. Rather, the kingdom of heaven would better be translated the dominion or the reign of heaven. Other gospel writers like Mark and Luke use the phrase kingdom of God. It is not that this kingdom is in heaven. It is that this kingdom is from or of heaven. The Celtic mystics spoke of thin places. Thin, like not fat. They spoke of these times and places where heaven and earth don't seem so far apart from one another. Those times where God's goodness is realized in our hearts in extraordinary ways. This is essentially what we pray for when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, like it is in the dominion or the reign, the kingdom of heaven. This language of kingdoms clashed heavily, heavily with the Roman state that was in power at the time of Jesus. The Roman Empire had vast control and dominion. It demanded total and complete allegiance. A couple sayings that the empire had included this one, the Pax Romana, or the Peace of Rome. This peace, of course, was brought through extensive military control. Ironic. Another saying they had was that Caesar is Lord. Perhaps the first Christian creed was Jesus is Lord. This kingdom of heaven clashes with the kingdoms of this world. The reality is that this world's kingdom was not good for the people of Israel. In Israel's history, they wanted a king to be like the other nations, and these kings mostly led them away and astray from God. Under Roman rule and occupation, the Jews were oppressed and not held in high esteem. The Jewish Christians who had followed Jesus encountered a great deal of opposition from this Roman regime. They were viewed as upstarts and rebels, and many for, were martyred for their faith. This is a clash of the kingdoms. So when Jesus talks about not serving two masters, he is saying that you can't serve both God's kingdom and Rome's kingdom. This is the heart of Jesus' message in Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is near. It's so close, you can touch it. There is an immense urgency and opportunity to this proclamation. So everywhere that Jesus goes, he proclaims this 
message. He preaches and teaches that the kingdom of heaven is near. And he demonstrates what it is like by healing people. God's, this is the heart of everything that Jesus says and does. God's kingdom, God's dominion, God's way is here. It is so wonderful and so urgent that Jesus wants to multiply its impact. He sends out the 12 apostles then, not to have a posse with him, but to send them out on this kingdom project. The word apostle is used really intentionally here. Apostle literally means one who is sent. The apostle carries out the message of the sender. The word ambassador also comes to mind. An ambassador represents the kingdom in a foreign place. If we take this metaphor further, Jesus is saying that the embassy of heaven is here. You can come into it, find shelter and provision and home and peace. Jesus gives the apostles immense authority. They are to do the exact same thing that Jesus has been doing. They are to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is near and to heal. They are to go all around the towns of Israel delivering this good news. And they have all of the authority of the king to do this. The apostles have both a responsibility to carry out this message and an identity. I think of that scene in The Lion King where Simba has strayed far from his home and his identity. And, he, and as he looks in the stars, he sees his father, the great King Mufasa, who encourages him to remember who you are. I just can't say it like James Earl Jones. This is what we do as the people of God's kingdom in worship and prayer and study. We are reminding one another and ourselves who we are. We are the apostles of the kingdom of heaven. You might not think about yourself in that way. You might think that you don't have many gifts to offer or that you were just trying to be a decent person who is connected to a church. But there are no insignificant parts in God's kingdom. You are an ambassador for this kingdom, for this reign. By your baptism, this is your primary allegiance. I am no more of an ambassador for this reign than you are. My job is just to remind you who you are. By virtue of my baptism, I am first a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and so are you. And I'm reminding you that this kingdom is near. It is our responsibility to remind people that it is near and live with the hope of its closeness. I don't think that we live very often as people whose primary identity is as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. For example, what gets you the most fired up? I see some of your Facebook pages, and it's not always the kingdom of heaven that you are most passionate about. Friends, there is no regime in this country that is ever going to completely align with the values of the kingdom of heaven. There are some administrations who seem to align more with the ways of the kingdom, but none are fully there. Ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven hope more in the way of Jesus than they place their hope in any earthly leader. 
even while supporting a particular candidate. Ambassadors of the kingdom acknowledge the flaws and ways in which that person goes against the ways of the kingdom. It's not just about what makes us angry. It's also about what makes us excited. Instagram has popularized the title of influencer. An influencer is someone who is such a great ambassador for a brand that they influence others' decisions and product purchasing. What are we influencers about? A new restaurant we like? A car? A brand of clothing? A show to binge? We have better things than those to be ambassadors for, but we settle for such small and trivial things. If we are the apostles sent to carry out Jesus' message of the kingdom of heaven, who are we sent to? Jesus looked upon the crowds who gathered around him, and he had compassion on them, for they were torn up and helpless. The lost sheep in this scripture are not the ones without knowledge of God. They are the powerless ones who have been on the margins. They are the people of Israel beat up by the Roman regime. Jesus sends the apostles to these lost sheep. At times, we have forgotten or even misidentified who is lost in our world. In his commentary on Matthew, Ben Witherington writes, Most churches today are concerned about adding members to their numbers and better supporting their budgets. That is an inward and self-centered way of looking at things. It often assumes if we build it, they will come. But here, the primary concern is indeed the well-being of the others to whom one is reaching out not the well-being of the group of which one is already a part. The lost are truly lost, and they need to be reached one way or another. End quote. As ambassadors of the reign of heaven, we need to be constantly concerned about the poor and the powerless in our world. They are not being treated as citizens of God's kingdom. They are the sheep who have been harassed and beat up by the empire. We have these sheep around us, too. In our country, the haves continue to have more, while the have-nots continue to get poorer. Wall Street has nearly recovered its losses from COVID, while last month, 40% of workers who make under $40,000 were unemployed. This is not the way of the kingdom of heaven. As a church, we should always be on the side of the oppressed and the marginalized, for this is the way of the kingdom. In the beginning of this passage, right, Jesus looks out in the crowd and visualizes a field full of tall grain. And at that point, he sees that he is the only worker out there who is supposed to harvest all of this grain, and it is impossible. So he instructs the people to ask the Lord of the harvest, for more workers. And here you are, listening to me on a Sunday or sometime after. Hello, harvest worker. Here's your job. You have an urgent responsibility to announce and embody the kingdom of heaven to the most vulnerable and marginalized people in your life and community. It is not a message that beats people up. It is a message of hope 
It reminds them that God is for them and it loves them with actions and truth. Not sure of what you will say? The Spirit of God will give you the words. You do not have to worry. And the job of your church community is to bolster you, to help you to stand firm in the face of oppression. In our baptismal vows, we take on a pledge of allegiance to the kingdom of heaven. Perhaps we need to stand with our hands over our hearts and recite this pledge more often. I invite you to respond to the words of these vows that are imprinted on the back of your bulletin. They are your commitment to being an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say, I do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.